Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 33. It's the end of the year. It's the end of 2018. Soon we'll see 2019. Well, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be 2019. We thought we'd end things off a little bit differently. We have a bit of a treat for you. Um, if you call a treat having no guest, I guess you guys are just stuck with us. That was Dylan's joke. He said it a minute ago and uh, I stole it. I have like, no material now. <laughs> no guest this week. Instead, we decided uh, to count down the top 10 moments so far. Well, Dylan's top 10 moments so far. So all hate mail yeah. goes to Dylan. Send it straight to me. As we were thinking through this, we we spent way too much time, time trying to figure out how we're going to intro each of these people. Like, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit, talk about what we liked about the guest, and then we're going to go into the story, or that's what we think is going to happen. And I'm like, no, 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 there has to be, we have to have a piece of music. Or we have to have like a sound effect. Or how are people going to know? Because if I'm talking like right now and then I'm talking on the clip of an old podcast, how are they going to know which one is which? And we spent probably 30 or 45 minutes in my office trying to find the perfect piece of music. Instead, we brainstormed a bunch of our favorite sound effects from like 80s, 90s, 2000s. And Dylan, you're just going to randomly draw one out of the hat each time. I hold all the power here. Exactly. My favorite one could come out first. We don't know. But you're going to get treated to a whole whack of our favorite sound effects from movies, TV shows, video games. We'll see how this goes. It could work terribly. This could be a horrible idea, but we won't know. So as I already said, it's a new year. And kicking off the new year, we have a brand new big weekend for you. It's the first one of 2019. It's, I don't, like, there's not a lot of great things to do in January, period, because it's cold and it's wet. And most of us are still, like, either full or hungover from the holidays. But we got a couple cool things. Like, on Friday, January 4th, we have Ben Cunder and Joe Vickers at 6 p.m. at the Painted Lady. Tidy little pub out in the West End, 218 Osenden Street. And this is the whole reason why I picked this. I read the description and it said, Get cozy for an evening of balloting troubadours singing about the triumphs and tragedies of everyday life. I have never seen balloting troubadours used together in, together in the same sentence, in the same paragraph. So... Go see a couple of balloting troubadours, Ben Cunder and Joe Vickers, 6 p.m., Painted Lady, if you want to check it out. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash Ben Cunder Music. That's K-U-N-D-E-R is his last name, Ben Cunder Music, and you can find out more uh, about the show. Saturday, January 6th, that's a lie. Saturday, January 5th, Killer Bee Cinema presents Starman and 3 Dev Adam, 8 p.m. The Imperial Pub, that's 54 Dundas Street East, one of my favorite drinking joints in the city. Uh, they're doing it on the main floor in the back room. A lot of people who are comedy fans in the city would remember that they used to do uh, kind of open mic night on Mondays in that back room. I loved it. I'd go most Mondays, and I was seriously sad when they stopped it, but $5... Gets you in to see a double feature, Starman in the in the Atomic Rulers of the World and 3Dev Adam. These two will not disappoint. They are like classic B-cinema, but it looks awesome. Super criminals are planning to infiltrate Earth with mass nuclear destruction. Only Starman can defend civilization by thwarting evil with his special weapons and power. We don't know what these weapons of power is, but he is the only man that can save them. The other movie, 3Dev Adam, this one's really interesting because... 
you like the Marvel movies, right, Dill? Oh, of course. You like the Captain America series? That's Marvel. Civil War, like all the Avengers? All of them. You dig the new Spider-Man? Spider-Man's good. Let's go back to the 70s here. Three Dev Adam is a Turkish film, a.k.a. Three Giant Men, a.k.a. Captain America and Santo versus Spider-Man. I shit you not. Listed in the credits is Stan Lee as a creator of this film. It's a cult superhero film where Captain America and Santo, whoever Santo is, he looks like a wrestler, are called to Istanbul on a special mission to stop the villainous Spider-Man and his criminal gang. Villainous? Villainous Spider-Man. Whoa. In the 70s, he went bad. What a twist. Uh, Created by Stan Lee. It's going to be subtitled, I'm guessing, because it's a Turkish cult film, but I'm totally down. $5, double feature, Imperial Pub, Saturday, January 5th, 8 p.m. Then on Sunday, I've seen this one pop up a few times, and I knew I had to add it to the list at some point. Champions of Magic. It's a magic show till 2 p.m., no balloons, though. Champions of Magic, the UK's largest touring magic show, features five of the world's finest magicians. Witness stunning illusions, including disappearances, teleportation, levitation, and a heart-stopping finale that sees one performer walk through the spinning steel blades of a giant industrial fan, all presented with lighting and pyrotechnics to rival the biggest arena productions. Do you know what this reminds me of? What was that movie? You know the one? Oh, uh, uh, Now You See Me? Now You See Me. Woody Harrelson's yes. in it, right? It's all the magicians. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, that's right. They all kind of get together. They're like a super magician troupe. When, if you were to see the poster from this, it reminds me exactly like Now You See Me, except you don't have to go for the theater to this one, Dill. All you got to do is go to SeatGiant.com, look at the listings for January 6th, or look up Champions of Magic Use promo code STRINGER and save yourself a couple bucks off your tickets to a magic show. So check it out. Looks like a good time. First weekend of 2019. Remember, if you don't like our ideas, it's totally cool. I get it. And you can do one of two things to fix this. You can either reach out to us with events that you have coming up and we'll happily promote it. You can find us on Twitter at Stringer Podcast, or you can email us events at the stringer.ca or you can just go to seatgiant.com and find something that you like better. Just do it. Just pick something. Take control of your life. Concerts, sporting events, theater, live shows, comedy, SeatGiant.com has it all, regardless of what town you're in, big or small throughout North America. Remember, use promo code STRINGER, and you'll be able to save yourself a couple dollars off whatever tickets you decide to buy. So we introed the show. We said there's no guest. We went through the first big weekend of 2019. You uh, kind of screwed me on this last part. Oh, how's that? We generally now, as you know, you've been here long enough, we, we cut to my favorite instrument. We cut to the saxophone. And last week on the podcast, do you remember what you said? Uh, this might be the last sax of 2018. You, you said it was the last sax. You didn't say it might be the last sax. Damn it. And in fact, that's not correct. That is actually completely not correct because we even discussed on the podcast the fact that this one's coming out Monday. Drop the ball. So since Dylan said no more sax in 2018, you guys, you get the Tetris music. Yeah, we started. 
this so is the what, podcast? Last night's episode. Uh, Wait, are we Riker? Yeah, yeah, we're going. This is it? Yeah, yeah. This is how we start. We started talking about Star Trek. Well, we started already? Okay. It's a soft start. I didn't right? It's always a soft start. We're always, if you listen to the podcast before, you know it's always a soft start. Dude, are we recording? Oh, yeah, we're going. Oh, I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> we're not rolling. Are we rolling yet? We, it's a soft start. It's a bit of a rolling start. So yeah, we're already going. I haven't always started yet. Seattle, it's a rolling, it's a soft start. Okay. Because the last thing we want is, hello, welcome to the Stringer Podcast. We have Gavin Day joining us. What's the first rule to radio, Taylor? You are always hot. Mics are always hot. <laughs> you did. You didn't want it to happen to you. That's why you did it. You didn't want it to happen to you. Sorry, are we recording right now? <laughs> That was fun. You put that together? Yes. That was good. It's like all the times I trick people. I don't really trick them. Like, we have microphones in front of our hands, or right now, they're on, like, really short stands sitting on a tabletop. You just walk in. You never know. You get casual. You get comfortable. Offer people a drink. The mics, Dylan, are always hot. Always. It's the best of episode. Best of so far episode. Of the Stringer podcast. And as I mentioned in the intro, Dylan has mercilessly selected his 10 favorite moments that have occurred in the first 32 episodes of the Stringer podcast. And we're going to count them down for you because it's New Year's Eve. Countdowns are kind of like the theme of the day. Everyone likes a good top 10. So, Dill, I'm worried. Worried? I'm worried. You always got to put some trust in me, right? What's number 10? So I'm not sure. This is going to be tough because what's worse, 10 or not being on the list at all? Oh, 10, I think. Because uh, because if you're not on the list, like you, we, we could completely forget who we're missing, right? Maybe some listeners have come in like halfway through the year. Maybe they just joined for like Tessa Bonum last week, right? They might not know who was here and we're not and the people we're not going to introduce them to right now. All right, well, here's my uh, apparently made an enemy of. Um, number 10, Dwayne Watson oh, talking sh- about some great music time in his career. Sweets got number 10? Sweets is at 10. Is this, is this the Michael or the Janet Jackson talk? Janet Jackson is in this story here that we're about to hear. Oh, okay. Well, it's a, no, he made the list. He's on the list. He's on the list. We got to give it to him. And to get us in, Dill, use we have this really nice All Argos right. championship hat. To draw how we're going to intro this and get in and get out of this story. So this anecdote will be introed by Lightsabers. Yes! So I started with Sony Music and I was doing like more promotion and like I was doing with the DJs and radio stations and whatnot. And then uh, I evolved to marketing where basically I was responsible for like what was my first record? I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was anything great. <laughs> It'll be like some massive album. He's like, no, I no, don't no, think no, it's no, anything no, no, great. No, no, no. And my first record was, I mean, like, I can remember, like, like one of the, fa- like, I worked the last Rage Against Machine record, which oh. was kind of, like, a big deal because, well, we didn't know it was my last one at the time, but that was, like, one of my first non, like, I worked, like, a lot of, like, black music hit because I, I knew all that stuff, right? So it's like we started doing other stuff and I got the Rage record and, like, they had been away for a while. And we did 
a private show with the Phoenix Theater, Phoenix Concert Theater. For One of my favorite venues in Toronto. Right. Still so the seeing Phoenix. Rage in there was kind of crazy, right? And those guys were like super chill and super cool. Uh, number one record, yada, yada, yada. They broke up. Ooh. So that was, that, was, that was a big deal for me. But I think like, um, so basically my responsibility was to like, okay, when are they coming to town? What are they doing when they come to town? What advertising am I buying? What rate am I buying? I'll, you know, am I doing a flyaway contest to see them live in LA for Coachella or something like that? So basically I was responsible for the project. Uh, and Crazy. I worked on a lot of cool stuff, a lot of fun projects. And I worked at Sony and EMI and I kind of got bracket brought back to both sides. Mm-hmm. Allison Chain, Snoop Dogg, Lenny Kravitz, Katy Perry's first record, first couple records. Yeah, like did a bunch of stuff, man. What did that industry unearth? What did you learn there about the industry that you're like, oh, this is, and I, I mean it in a positive way. I don't mean it in a negative yeah. way. When you kind of get to peek behind the curtain and see the wizard for who he is. It's, it's funny because... When you're in it, you watch shows differently. Like you don't, I think it's kind of how we do sports, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you go to a concert, you're in the back in the corner with the other industry guys like just talking. You're not really watching the show. Right. And I remember one show, Ice Cube was performing at the warehouse and my friend's a big <laughs> fan of Ice Cube. And yeah, we, me said, too. we said, fuck it. We're going to go, can I swear? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, please do. I, was just sure. yeah. I earned the explicit tag on this there goddamn go. podcast. We went to the front and pushed to the front and we were like, it's losing our no. minds. But you don't, you don't do that because it's kind of don't become a fan anymore, which is one of the things I was kind of happy to get out of because it's more like work. You're not saying, oh my God, this song's amazing. You get that, but yeah. it's like, okay, like how far is this song going to go? Is this good enough? What's right. the hit going to be? Where's that going to go? So you kind of, you take it and you ingest it differently. We have a big thing when meeting, meeting people we look up to or think or, or respect yeah. or appreciate. People are not as good. More often than not, they're not as great as you think they are. And meeting them in different environments differs. So I met Janet Jackson. It was, I wasn't working the record as a meet and greet after a show. Mm-hmm. So everyone came in, we had like a platinum record for her and it's like a line of people. And it's like, hey Janet, this is Clay. And she shake her hand. Yeah her hand back in pocket. Hey, this is Dwayne. And then you notice every time she'd keep putting her hand back in her pocket, like she was wiping her hand. And I was like, oh, that's not cool. Whatever, yeah. right? So whatever. That wasn't a big deal. It's like, hey, whatever. But then I was working her, another record with her, three days, third day, we're in the Windsor Arms. Uh, we're going upstairs to do like, I think we had to sign some stuff, whatever, right? It's me, her, and her bodyguard. And... We're in the elevator and she taps him on the shoulder. So I'm on one side, she's on one side. Mm-hmm. And then he stands like between her and the corner. So she's behind him yeah. in and the you're corner. On- and it's just the three of us. And it's like, I've worked with you for three days. <laughs> it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not a fan, I'm not a random person. <laughs> and now you want your security guard to like be a buffer between us? Really? Yeah. Really? I don't need anything signed. I'm like, I'm not going to try to cause a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, but then some people are like super amazingly like Chill. Lenny Kravis was like super, it was the launch of his record. And we like, he had a, uh, everyone from all different territories around the world came to his house in South Beach. And uh, he played the new record. And, um, I don't smoke, not that I care. And he like yeah. he offered everyone something to smoke to kind of get in the mood, whatever. Yeah. And then after the record was done, after we heard the record, he booked it like the hottest club in South Beach and we all went to go chill. And basically before, so buses were going, he had a Kiss pinball machine yeah. in his studio and me and him were playing and talking, just like regular, super amazingly cool, chill guy. Oh, sweet. You know what my favorite part of that that conversation was? Is the part where he's like, uh, I don't smoke, not that I care. Like, it was just so, like, 
so chill, but just so there. It was so present. It was like an understated joke. I loved Dwayne. Dwayne's great. He's, that clip might be called Name Drop because that was... Everyone. I know everyone. You know, I was thinking during it. First of all, I started laughing during Janet Jackson's bitch move and I almost choked on my coffee. Usually we don't have like we have a bottle of water here just in case my mouth gets dry. But I have literally surrounded myself with every drink that could be in the fridge. I have like some leftover eggnog. I have a juice box. I have a coffee going and I have a bottle of water. And and Janet pulls the bitch move where she keeps wiping her hand off in her pocket. And I forgot about that. And I started laughing and almost died on my coffee. Right. And that would have been the end of the top 10. Just end at Just, 10. The, we, Dwayne end would be 10. one. He would be number one and you'd be vindicated. The funny thing about that is that he might have been your number 10, but the lightsabers were my number one. That was my like very first sound effect that I had written on the list. And so it's like a balance of the force. There we go. We, we just have balance. We're good. So Dwayne Watson, number 10, talking about his time in the music industry, I realized that I'm like, you know, six degrees of separation. That's like I have two degrees to Janet Jackson. And Lenny Kravitz. It's pretty incredible. Just, just, they're right there. I'm going to call them up. I don't know if you want ex- that separation from Janet Jackson after that story. No, yeah. I know. She's not going to like me very much. I don't think we'd be pals. Okay, number 10, Dwayne Watson. It's, uh, what do we get with number nine? I, I kind of like the walk down memory lane. I do. But I think not until I hit five am I going to feel really comfortable about counting down. All right. Number nine. Released on October 11th, 2017. Way back, playback. Way back, playback. Jeff Garriock's running with the Moroccan police. Oh, this is good. I don't want to spoil Not. I don't know. Am I spoiling it if it's already out there? I want, this is hilarious, though. And it's all over one piece of machinery, which I guess we'll find out why they gave him so much shit at the airport. Okay, Jeff Garriock's up next. We're going to hear him come in. How? Oh, we got from downtown NBA Jam. From downtown. Got interrogated at a different time by the Moroccan secret police. That was fun. Uh, because what do they call the Moroccan secret police in Morocco? Uh, the acronym is DGSN. I don't know what it stands for. It's, it sounds yeah. like camera gear, actually. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the new DGSN? Totally. I mounted it on my camera last night. I'm going to test it this weekend. I hear it goes up to 350 frames per second. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to shoot 350 on, your, on the DGSN. But, um, no, <laughs> yeah. we, Crystal um, clear. 8K. I, I, it was a drone thing. It was like 20, 2014 when still nobody knew what to do with drones and we had gotten permission from the government we had a I had a thing that said DJI Phantom 2 flying camera and I had permission I had sign off I had the stamp and in Morocco like the first language is French and the second language is Arabic and I mean I like you well you heard my French earlier <laughs> yeah. you know exactly how much this is French. why our French lessons are so important we're starting a new podcast starting next week it's French lessons by English Canadians yeah. sign up you'll learn your numbers and you'll learn how to explain I have permission for this drone <laughs> but anyway that I so they would just like their strategy was to tell me in French that I couldn't have it. And then when I could responded in my pathetic French to get another guy who yeah. also didn't speak English in. And eventually it was me and six guys in this room at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I have permission. And finally a guy comes in and, and he made this motion with his hand like a helicopter. He's like, it's not for this kind of camera. And he makes a motion like he's got a shoulder mount. And he's like, it's for this kind of camera. We're taking it. You can have it back when you leave, but it's going in this locker. And so they kept oh, it 
And I was like, at least I can have it back. Fine. So they kept it. Wow. And they charged me $150 (laughs) for them to babysit it for a week. And spend like hours of my time in a room with six guys who none of them understood English. I thought I was maybe, it was going to be me in the locker. And I'm glad (laughs) it at least went that way. I kind (laughs) of thought they would like throw it on the ground and shoot it in front of you. (laughs) Like, this is what we do. And I don't know why they have that accent. That's the accent of the angry airport person, regardless of where you are, I think. From downtown. (laughs) Oh, Jeff. You know what's funny about that one? First of all, I wish no one would be interested in it. But I wish I could do like director's commentary or like the voice of what's going through my brain because I remember that conversation really, really well. And I remember it because it was at the end of a day where I had done three. Uh, I had sat down, we recorded three podcasts in a single day. And talking for three hours might sound easy, especially after the holidays where you've probably just done it like eight hours a day every single day. But my brain was so tired and and I the DGSN or whatever joke I'm like please just buy me a minute here so that I can get to the next thing so I have enough time to think it's just the first thing that came out of my mouth I think it was good it was all right thank you it I worked you passed by I think Garriok really carried that one it ended up being I remember 2017 one of our most listened to uh, podcasts and I'm thanking Garriok for it because clearly all I did was show up. The poor dude, and he had all the great stories. So Jeff Garriock, number nine. Jeff Dwayne Watson, nine. number ten. Jeff Garriock, number nine. Uh, number eight. Number eight is our friend Caroline Schwed. Schwedy got eight. Schwed is at eight. Oh, that's pretty exciting. What part? We laughed a lot during that we, one. Uh, this one's about. Pronunciation of her last name. I hopefully I got it okay. Oh, I never get it. Uh, poor girl. I don't remember. I look forward to. Li- well, I, I don't remember the story. No, what's funny though with Caroline is forever. And I was just texting with her today. I call her CZ all the time, uh, which makes zero sense. But it was because I didn't realize how her last name was spelled. I didn't realize the S was first. And so from like when we started working together, I always called her CZ. And then I realized one day, and I was like, oh my god. Your last name doesn't even start with a Z. She's like, no. I'm like, why don't you correct me? And she's like, I thought it was kind of cool. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> so uh, coming at number eight, Clay and CZ. And we're going to intro it by giving you... The T-Rex from Jurassic Park. If you were to spell it the way it sounds, it'd be S-C-H-F-E-D. Shved. Shved. Yeah. It's funny though that we still say S C H. Yeah. Because that's ch. It's so really. (laughs) (laughs) But in our head, it makes sense. S C H. Really. Oh, we know what sound that makes. Funny story. When I played soccer at West Virginia, I think this was my junior year, so my third year. My coach before the game would write all of like the starting lineup on a whiteboard, and I looked at the midfield because I played holding center mid, and she wrote S V D, and I'm like, oh my god, is that a play? Like an acronym for a play that I didn't study up on. Like we usually get set pieces, and I'm like. Oh my goodness, like I'm going through my sheet and I'm like, where is this? Because it's obviously for my position. And then she's talking to us and like announcing the the starting 11 and she goes, and Sved, you're playing your regular holding midfielder position. I'm like, oh my God, there's not even a vowel in there. No, no. She didn't even care to put like S-V-D, Sved. Sved. I got, um, (laughs) in high school, I got one mistype on my name when they posted the hockey roster. And they wrote it Hansley instead of Hansler. And I was Hansley for four years. 
in high school. I don't keep in touch with many people from high school, but I imagine if I saw anyone from high school, Hansley. it would be Hansley right away. It'd be the first thing out of their mouth because it just got posted on that like first day and, and, and it just stuck. S V D. If, if a play, if there was a <laughs> soccer play, like that was the S V D. Oh my God. Uh, what would that stand for? I don't even know. No, I would. I'm going to say it's a defensive play (laughs) Um, that like you're on the defensive side of the ball. It's kind of like the opposite of the flying V, you know, (laughs) the flying V from Mighty Ducks. But what you do is you kind of form a cone. And so you trap (laughs) the player in the middle of the field. Oh, my God. And then you surround them with your tallest center defenders. And then they can't hit it over them. When you're saying that, I'm already thinking why teams haven't even started doing it yet. And maybe once they listen to this podcast, they'll be like, we need to implement the SVD in our, like, <laughs> our right style away. of play. Greg Vanny yes. of Toronto <laughs> FC is like, oh my goodness, we haven't thought. It Basically, it's the new parking the bus. Yeah. Right? You know, there was parking the bus, you stick 10 guys in the box, oh and one God. guy like floating way up high. This is, the, is, we call it the SVD, and you just kind of lure them into the middle of the park. <laughs> You're welcome, Greg Van. He has to rename it the Caroline. Yeah. Like, we all know it as the SVD, but he'll have to rename it the Caroline. Or Shved. That's what you should be Shved. Once you can get it down. What are some of the worst ways people have butchered your last name? You know what? It was funny. I was just about to tell you this. When we, when I was also at West Virginia and they were announcing starting lineups, I think we were playing South Florida and they were announcing the starting lineups. USF? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? what? Uh, no, you were playing against them. Yeah. Don't well, I, I almost went there, right? So like, I no don't way. Know. Yeah. I didn't know It was that. between uh, the Gators, USF, Connecticut, and the Mountaineers. I picked WV. You had a couple options now, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I chose Mountaineers because they're close to home. So, you know, yeah. family, right? So, so you were you were about to play USF. And they're announcing our starting 11. And they're saying everyone's first and last name. Then you take a step forward. You wave, you know, do your thing. And they go, Caroline, Caroline. And then I step back and my whole team starts laughing and I'm like, just at least try. They like, you didn't even up. try. I just like, yeah, my parents named me Caroline, Caroline. Like, it was just I hilarious. Would, I would think if you couldn't handle it, like you just take it the Z altogether, right? You just go sweat. Yeah, like, like, got that. Really, got if that. you just get rid of the Z, it's a little less confusing and at least you get points for trying. And while I was in the U.S., they don't say Z; they say Z. They say Z. So when I first got there, they're you spell your last name S Z W E D, and they look at you like you have oh, three yeah. heads. S Z. Yeah, W-E-D. and then O S Z. When I came <laughs> back here, it, I had to get back in the habit of saying Z because I feel like it's more common to say Z here. Uh, so yeah, it was just a, it's a it's a wild ride with this last name of mine. Caroline, Caroline, Dill. You missed my countdown from ten there. You really? <laughs> I All didn't right, even Hansley. know. We're just we're just ending. It's just over. Imagine I what? Imagine <laughs> our countdown episode is the one that I just fucking mail it in and take it right off. I'm like, meh. We're good. I did a whole year of this. There's 32 episodes. What's number 33 to anybody? Started for New Year's. It's fine. Caroline, Caroline, coming in at number eight. She's such a sweetheart. She, uh, I remember, I think two weeks ago now, whatever, it was right before the holidays, right before the Christmas break, and she posted on Instagram just this great little message. She's like, oh, you know, it's my last day of work before the Christmas break, before the new year, and I just want to thank everyone for their support. And that's just the kind of human being she is. She, and it's, it comes from the purest 
kindest, fullest heart you'll ever meet. And I'm so happy for her every time anything good happens. Like, she gets to go on a trip for work, or she covers Raw, or she gets to walk down the ramp for one of the WWE events, or whatever, because she's someone who works her butt off, but has the best attitude of anyone I've had the pleasure of working with. And that's mean to say about everyone else. She just has... She's like a caricature of a nice person. Like that's how nice she is. She's like an exaggerated view of an uh, exaggerated version of a nice person, and but that's just who she is, and that's who her parents raised her to be. I absolutely love Caroline. Okay, but you put her in number eight. At eight, <laughs> ruthless. All right, tough business. Number seven. Number seven, Emily Agard. With her run-in with Taylor Hawkins. Foo Fighters made number seven. Foo Fighters this is, seven. I guess this is the Emily Agard clip, but to me it's the Foo Fighters clip. You put Foo Fighters at seven, you're just mad because you weren't there. Like, you weren't, wait, wait a second. You weren't there for Dwayne. You weren't there for Gary Ock. You weren't there for Caroline. You weren't there. Oh, I shit, he's figured out my problem. <laughs> all right, all right. How are we going to get into uh, Emily Agard at number seven? I think we have to go back to the future. Oh, number seven, really? It didn't get number one? Great, Scott. Remember the show M.O.D. on Much Music? Yeah. yeah. So my brother surprised me with uh, like tickets in the audience when Dave Grohl and Taylor, Taylor Hawkins oh, were on it. And it was on like a commercial break. Cut to 16-year-old Emily in the audience. <laughs> Panting and like sweat. Oh my God! Taylor Hawkins and April are literally steps right away. Here. Yeah, shaking. Uh, commercial break. They're walking around, signing autographs, doing whatever. My brother Taylor Hawkins is walking past us, and he goes, "Taylor, man, like she is your biggest fan. Like she started drumming because of you. Like she loves you." Taylor turns around and was like. Come here. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh shit, like I read an article that said that you don't hug people. So, like, what do I do? And he went and stuck your hand out. (laughs) Or very firm. Just go to make out. (laughs) (laughs) I must have some make out. (laughs) No, but he hugged me and we took a great photo, took a photo of Dave Grohl. And that was probably a huge highlight of life. Of life. Incredible. Of life. Do you still have that photo of you and Taylor? I do. And can are we allowed I, to post it on yeah, our Instagram when this goes live? You can. I have two photos with him. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, and it's actually quite funny because the floor director. We're, we're, it's not funny. It's amazing. You're, you're Let's not be allowed honest. to take photos technically right. in the studio, and the floor director specifically like don't take out your cameras or your phones or whatever. Um, and obviously, I was like, "Fuck this!" Like, I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm meeting Taylor Hawkins. Don't get in my way. Yeah, I'm meeting Taylor Hawkins. Like, Taylor Hawkins is hugging me right now. Yeah. We're gonna take a photo. <laughs> yeah. And so my brother's taking the photo. Clearly, he's into it. Right behind is the floor director doing this give me the phone yeah give me the phone so i will yeah didn't get the phone yeah didn't get the phone. I, you drove in from brampton listen do they, do they even know I, the kind of people that come out of brampton trip right you don't mess we're street we're street <laughs> that's how you ended it that's amazing um that made me really miss greg veerman I love that guy. We got to get him back in. Can, can that be a plan for 2019? Absolutely. We'll I bring Greg back in. Greg back into the podcast. Maybe we'll get him. I don't know. I'll ask him. See what he wants to do. Maybe he'll co-host a couple, or maybe he will. He'll just be a guest, and Absolutely. I'll get to interview him. I'm sure he's got tons of stories. Champagne boy stories. Champagne boy. Oh my goodness, Greg Veerman. So there you go. Emily Agard, Foo Fighters, Greg Veerman. I don't know how that made number seven, Dill, because it's got a whole whack of awesomeness in it, and we laughed a lot. And Emily swore, but hey, whatever. 
Uh, you're the producer here, Mr. Producer. Uh, what do we got next? Number six is Laura Armstrong's trip down an airport escalator. Oh, in Utah? In Utah. Oh, my goodness. Utah is such a weird city. Uh, if you ever visit, I think that's what we were talking about at the time is it's just a strange place. If you're ever there, um, this one's good. I love Alora. She's, she's another one. We have to, we have to have everyone back. That's the plan for 19. Have everyone back. How are we getting into this one, Del? I think it's very simple. You just have to do a little. I mean, I didn't travel that much for TFC. Yeah. I did for like the playoffs and I, I, I expect that that'll happen again. I did Salt Lake for TFC this oh. year, the beginning of the I rem- year. Actually, opener. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That was That's, cold. It's, yeah, it was. Beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous out there. Cold. It's weird as fuck, that city. Yeah, it is super weird. When we, <laughs> we were, I was getting in and there was, there were these like Mormon young women who had obviously just come back from a mission Mm -hmm. at the time. I was not obvious to me other than the fact that they were greeting each other and it seemed like they'd been gone for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those airports where you go down two escalators to get to the baggage claim. So Mm -hmm. I get on the escalator and I'm coming from two weeks at spring training. So I'm already like, I'm like towards the end of my, my trip. So I'm probably looking pretty bad at that point. And there's like a crowd and I'm not (laughs) really paying attention. Like real leggings, (laughs) like ball cap, you know, sunglasses situation. But I look down and I'm not really paying attention at this time, but there's like a hundred people and they have balloons and like signs and like whatever. And then these women get on the escalator behind me and like, we're, I'm right at the top. They're like two steps behind me and everybody starts cheering for them. And I'm and just like, I was just like, I need to get off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I am not done. And like, it was one of those things where I just like, I didn't know what to do and yeah. like, I didn't know what, to, what like face to make. So I like, I considered turning around cause I didn't want to like <laughs> get out of the way. Let them pass. Like, yeah. Like, can you guys go like, congratulations on yeah. the, I'm sure very worthwhile <laughs> work that you just did. I like, you know, probably had too much to drink in yeah, Florida right last before. night. <laughs> and, you're, and then everything is way more confusing mm-hmm. too. You're like, Oh, I feel terrible. Why are these people yelling? Is it for me? Why am I here? Yeah. What city am I in? Do they think I converted? Well, that's the am thing. I, the only am I thing supposed to have to sign up to be a Mormon when I get to the bottom of the escalator? I don't know a lot about Mormon culture, but I did watch a lot of Sister Wives. I like, <laughs> I do watch a lot of TLC. So, like, I don't know like what the case is. So I was just like, get me off this escalator. I've never wanted to be off something more in my more life. More than the escalator <laughs> in Salt Lake City. Just because I wanted them to have their due, and I really felt like I was the girl who was like just in shambles in the way of yeah. like this fantastic <laughs> celebration that was happening. If I ever do something that merits like a hundred people coming to the airport to welcome me, yeah. I will be pretty impressed with myself and I won't want some like mess of a human getting in the way of that. My favorite part about that clip, it reminds like when she, she referred to it, what she knows about Mormon culture is sister wives. For me, that's like saying, I don't know how to be a mechanic, but I really like the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> which tells me absolutely nothing. Ex- I'm not a doctor, but I watched ER. <laughs> but I watched ER. It's like your granny shifting, not double clutching like you should, Dominic Toretto. I don't even know what a, du- I know what a double clutch is. Yes, that's my favorite part of 
dear, dear Laura Armstrong, who came in at numbers. You still put her at the bottom half of the pile, but it's cool. She'll forgive you. I wasn't um, there. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> I'm right, aren't I? We'll see. We'll see as we count down the top five. I'm more comfortable now, actually, as we get to the top five, because it's just like, oh, hey, it's our five greatest moments, like favorite moments of the greatest moments. Does that mean to say greatest? I don't know. You can judge that they're greatest. I find them pretty damn funny. You've done a good job so far. Okay, let's count them from 10. We have Dwayne. Then we had... Jeff Garriock. Jeff Garriock. Then number eight was Caroline Schved. Caroline Schved. Number seven is Emily Agard. Number six is Laura Armstrong. I'm not going to be able to count down from 10 this whole time. I should have brought a pen in with me. Don't uh, worry. I, I have a list. Who, yeah, you have the ultimate list. Who do we have at number five, Dale? Number five, we have to go all the way back to December 24th, 2018. December 20th. Oh, my. That was like last week. That might have you, been last week. <laughs> you did Tessa? Tessa Benal. Were you here for this one? I was. You I'm were, here. I am top five. So t- Dylan makes top five with Tessa Benum. This might be an hour long. Like Dylan may have just picked the whole damn podcast because everything with Tessa was gold. I can't believe it took me so long to be able to get in a room and catch up with her. But this whole thing was great. What was, I guess we'll find out. With the, okay, I won't spoil it. We're going to have a great moment for you because it's one of our top damn five great moments of twenty eight or of the podcast so far. I'm not going to get the name right. Dill, how are we introducing it? Saga. Oh, really? Like the, the system? The system. <laughs> not a lot of people know this, but the cigars were actually purchased by my sister and my cousin Ryan. And they... <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I'm like, how loud am I going to be with this laugh? No, that's amazing. Even better. That's incredible. They called a cigar shop the morning of the Olympic final and was like, hey, I'm looking for cigars. My sister's playing in the Olympic final for Team Canada. We want, you know, not like the big, fat, heavy cigars that you see old men smoking. We want like a legit badass cigar. You know, we wanted, she wanted this cool cigar, not too big, but thick enough to realize it's a cigar. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, we got those in here. Come pick them up. And she's like, the thing is we're out all day. Can you have a delivery boy deliver them? So the guy got his son to deliver two boxes of cigars with a cigar clipper and a, and two lighters to my sister in his backpack on his bike on the corner of the road, right outside of the rink yeah. and exchanged money. So she did a cigar deal before coming into the rink. And I had no idea. And so after we won. And clippers didn't get picked up by a metal detector? I, Clearly not. She, they let her in. So after we won, I get back in the locker room going to grab a beer. And I see that there's two boxes of cigars in my stall. And I had no idea my sister had done this. And I see there's two boxes of cigars in my stall. And I was a party coordinator mm-hmm. on the team. I always organized our social gatherings yeah. and made sure everybody was It's a responsible fun. thing to do. Yeah. I think there always has to be I felt like I had the most practice. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went to Ohio State. And uh, so I'm like, oh, sick. You know, they're putting me in charge of these. Like, of course they would. Why yeah. wouldn't they give these to me? But I had no idea how to light a cigar. I'd never, oh. I'd never lit one. I didn't know what the cigar chopper yeah. was. And so I have the box and I turn around and who's there? Stephen Harper. And he's like, oh, would you look at that? I'm like, oh, Mr. Prime Minister, did you want one? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Can you just, and then you I'm just like, watch him. You don't ask him. To what to do? You just you watch him for a second. Well, no, like, he oh, grabbed it, or, or I grabbed one, and I go to hand it to him, and he looks at me, and I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he was like, All right, let me show you, and he did, and yeah, he showed me clip, how to clip, clip it, and he showed me how to light it, and he's like, Here, you can have that one. And I was like, 
no way. Thanks, man. So that was my moment. I remember being like, this is so cool. And I was like, guys, who wants a cigar? I know how to do it now. And for the most part, for Party the most part, no one really enjoyed, like, I don't know who enjoys a cigar. Um, so they, half the time they weren't even lit. Like when right, we're right, out on right, the right, ice, right. no one's cigars. You're just lit. like we gumming just, it. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, it's a thing in my mouth. Look at me. Badass, badass. Big time. And the other part about that story that I love is that all throughout the week, uh, the month, actually, our, our, our tournament goes the entire month. I had seen people with these really cool Canada shutter shade glasses. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, where'd you get those? Where'd you get those? Everyone's like, this store, I'd go, sold out, sold out, set out. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to pay someone like a hundred bucks to get those glasses. This sucks. So what I did was every game um, I would take, I, I, before going to Vancouver, I had packed up um, a bunch of old beat up practice sticks mm-hmm. and I asked my trainer if I, we could bring them. And he said, sure. And after every, uh, before every game at the pregame skate, I would get all the girls to sign the stick. After the game, I'd give, I'd go and grab the stick and give it away to some kid. And I figured that was just some cool thing. Another way to draw on another fan to, mm-hmm. you know, love and follow women's hockey forever. And, uh, so on the final game, I was like, I'm going to pick someone real awesome to give this to some kid that's just decked out and I'm standing on the line waiting to get my medal and I'm, t- I'm hugging Wick and she's telling me, she's like, you have no idea how amazing this is. Like winning gold is tough. Winning, winning, uh, defending gold is tougher, but winning gold and defending gold on home soil is damn near impossible. And we just did it. And as she's talking to me, I'm looking behind the U S bench <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking You're in like, what she's yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a man there with the glasses on, like, yeah, like putting his arm up in the air, cheering me on and his wife's clapping next to him. And I'm looking at him and I like kind of push Wick away and I'm like, yo, your glasses, I want them. And his wife looks at him, takes them off his face and hucks Hucks them them. over. They land into the U.S. bench. And so Mark Johnson, a a U.S. coach, he had had recruited me to Wisconsin, which I respectfully declined. Um, I'm like, yo, can you grab those for me? And he's like, kind of gives me the side eye. He's like, sure. Passes me the glasses. So I'm like, thank you. I'm like, one second. So I went back to the bench, got the side stick. Some poor kid didn't get it. I ended up giving it to the guy because I felt bad. (laughs) But then those glasses became notorious because it was me with those stupid glasses on, a cigar, a beer, and like (laughs) shooting the guns. And I remember waking up the next morning feeling not very great. And my great grandmother, who was 95 at the time, um, Ukrainian, came over and uh, she called me and she goes, Tasa, it's Baba Couch. (laughs) And my teammates love her. So we're all like in our lounge, just like trying to wolf back McDonald's, right? Just trying to feel better. And so I have her on speaker and everyone sits up and her word is the law. Like what she says goes. And she would always call me after every game and let me know what she thought about who played well and whatnot. And everyone would listen. And she's like, that's us, Baba Couch. I'm like, oh, hi, Baba. And she's like, oh, I saw you on the news. I saw your picture with the glasses. And I'm like, oh, did you? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, so? She's like, I just wanted to say. And we're all like, oh man, we're in so much trouble. Baba Couch is going to kill us. She's going to rip into us here. And she goes, Good for you. The story behind one of the greatest Canadian pictures of our lifetime. That's amazing. That's such a great, great one to pick. The funny thing, though, about choosing an interview from a week ago is the fact that I, like when you're watching your favorite movie, I am reciting the lines as I'm going. Like, I remember my next line because it just happened. And in all fairness to Dylan, we did have the conversation. Like when when we knew we were going to do the show, we asked the question, like how recent 
can we go? Like, are we going to go right till the end of the year? And I just like very simple logic. And simple logic to me is like, well, it's the best of up until that moment. So we might as well include everything up until that moment. And honestly, I'm glad that Tessa made it. Like, what a great story. What a great human being. And uh, what a great grandmother. Isn't that kind of badass? It's amazing. Amazing. It's great. All right. That was number five. I'm feeling good, though. We've rounded the bend. Everyone's great now. They're in the top half. What do you got for me at four? Number four. So if we went from the one that came out last week for number four, we're going all the way back to episode number one. Akil. Akil Augustine's running with Michael Che. Oh, this is great. This is at Danforth, isn't it? Yes. Oh, my goodness. This story is amazing. I well, I keep saying we got to get everyone back in here again. Akil is someone I'd love to catch up with, but that story was so good, and I had a chance to be at the friggin' show and I didn't take it, which still breaks my heart to this day. So Keel Augustine coming in at number four. How are we introducing it, Dill? I cannot imitate this one, but it is Donald Duck. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. Well, the story goes like this. Uh, my homegirl uh, hit me up. She's like, I got this extra ticket. Someone bailed. You want to go see Michael Che? I'm like, what? Yeah, what was yeah of course I want to see and Michael And it's at the Dan Force Music Hall, which is literally across from my house. Like, I could turn around the corner, hit McDonald's, get a McDouble, and then walk right into that place, which I don't do. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you eat no. McDoubles and look like that. No, I don't. I don't eat <laughs> McDoubles. Um, but no, so I get there, and um, I'm in the back, because... You know, we didn't have the best seats, so I'm in the back of the of the, like the bottom section of the Danforth Music Hall, and Michael Che commences to do his bit. He's there with Cypher Sounds, big time DJ producer in the hip hop game, but also a budding comedian. <laughs> so him and Cypher Sounds are doing their bit back and forth, and then Michael Che gets into his routine. But the whole start of his routine, he tried to do like a little Toronto thing, but he's making fun of Rob Ford a lot. Oh, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there. It's a little dated. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm not the biggest Rob Ford fan, but you don't roast a dead man. No. Right? Or maybe you do. I don't know. But <laughs> probably like some grievance time in between. But I was pretty sure he didn't know Rob Ford was dead. So, you know me. Which is a great conversation opener. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not known as a tongue biter, so yeah. I just stand up and I yell, Rob Ford's dead. And the place goes quiet. Everybody shuts up. <laughs> And you should have seen the look on Michael Che's face. <laughs> so Michael Che's like, uh... He's probably trying to read the situation. Yeah. Like, are you his buddy? Or what? It, I don't want to say uh, buddy, but... But Cypher Sounds <laughs> cuts in and just looks at him and goes, um, yeah, dude, I didn't want to interrupt your set, but yeah, he's, he's dead. And then he's like, oh. But he recovers well. He does a couple more jokes, mm-hmm. but like he kind of like backs off the whole <laughs> Rob Ford thing. And then the kicker... He goes, all right, white man, thank you so much, white Whoa. man in the back. I'm like, what? He just called me a white man? So I, I let it sit on me for like two seconds. My homegirl sitting beside me just dying. I'm like, I'm not taking this. So I stand up again. I go, I'm black. <laughs> and he go, and then he had a, he, he was on at this point. He's like, well, I have never, ever heard anyone yell, I'm black so passionately in a room full of white people. First off, are you even black? What's your name? And I go, Akil. He goes, oh, yeah. Both his parents are black. <laughs> then he calls me up to the front of the stage, and I guess he orders like a bottle of aged whiskey, and he gives myself and um, actually the other guy he was heckling with was Jawad Rathor, huge Raptors fan, Fortress Man, um, property developer here in the city. He sits me and my homegirl beside Jawad, front row, and commences to serve us 
alcohol, uh, the whiskey, and I get to go up and kind of make IG stories and interact with him on stage. And it was just an amazing night. The best part about that, uh, I think, was the fact that I had Donald Duck in my head the whole time. And so when he's going off and he's like, I'm black, all I could hear was Donald Duck's voice, like <laughs> explaining to Michael Che who he is and what his name is. Oh, Keel, he made the top 10. We went all the way back and he came in at number four. Uh, might I add one that you weren't there for? No. So you did like you weren't completely partial. You were you, you were kind of nice to some of the early episodes. Uh, let's see if I can do this. Ten is Dwayne. This is like a test for myself. Nine is Garyok. Eight is Fed. Uh, seven is Laura. No. Oh, I got it wrong. Emily Egg. Oh, seven was, yeah, what a mistake that was. She should have been way higher on the list. Uh, se- <laughs> seven was Emily. Six was Laura. Uh, then five was the one we heard before Akil, um, which is Tessa. And then number four is Akil. Um, got it. I didn't get it. I, I screwed one of them up. Okay. Uh, we're in the final three now. Top three. Top three with the bronze medal. Are we doing medals? Is that what we're doing? Are we Do I giving- have to mail them out? Is that my job? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dylan. He's been mailing like gifts out. Not only do you have all your family gifts because it was the holiday time, but right leading up until we were off work, uh, we had the mic on much. Uh, podcast came out and we did a bunch of gifting for that and the week before that we had Kevin, Kevin Briones and so we had all the gifting for that uh, are you sick of, of going to the post office still? No, I'm a regular at Canada Post now, so it's great. Do they have reward miles or reward points? <laughs> I do not. Imagine so. <laughs> you got a point for every mile that your parcels traveled so if you send a parcel like to Vancouver, you get 2,000 points for that but if you send it to Montreal, you only get like, I don't know, whatever it is, 250. We should bring this to them. Shit. 2019. This is a new, new resolution. Like, so we've got a couple going here. One of them is to invite everyone back and talk to all my old friends. But we also have to bring this new reward plan uh, to Canada Post. All right, top three. Who's got the bronze? We're giving them bronze medals. Or we're giving them medals. Who's got the bronze medal? Uh, for the bronze is Gloria Howe. Oh, sorry. No. Lauren Howe. <laughs> Lauren Howe. <laughs> when she went to Cuba and she took on an alternate persona, like she had a different personality. Oh, this one's funny. This one's great. And introducing Gloria slash Lauren Howe, what's the sound effect, dare I ask? I think we have to go to the Batmobile. So I've I've come to discover that I think I have, no, I'm sure I have a Quite Latina positive. alter ego named mm-hmm. Gloria. It's not a past life thing. No. It is like, this is turned on at times. She's living in me now. And that's a sentence a woman has a hard time saying, and I should really think through things sometimes. But it kind She's of woke. evolved. She is so woke She's right now. so woke. So woke. And so glad I threw that in there. It was like my word of the week and I finally got to use it. <laughs> it's not like it's written on the giant board beside us. <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell me I can't see it. <laughs> so at Miss Universe, they separate you into three different groups. One is, I believe it's Africa and Asia. Another one is Europe. And then you have the Americas. So let's break down which countries are a part of the Americas. You have all of South America, all of Central America, the United States, 
And then little lonely pasty Lauren in Canada. Oh, it's true. It's true. The great white north represent. The great white north is the color of my skin tone. (laughs) How many? So how big was your group? You said 93 contestants. 93 total. And I feel like it was roughly, let's say, roughly even. So let's say it was 30 something girls per group. So um, I love Spanish countries, Spanish speaking countries. I've kind of, I like languages too. So I kind of, I'm fluent in French, but I pick up a little bit of of Spanish because of it. and I have, what we were joking about this earlier, is when you have the accent, when you say some Spanish sentences, mm-hmm. people think you speak Spanish and then they just like let her rip. They unload on you because I think they're encouraged, right? If you see someone from out of yeah. town who's made the effort to use your language, you're like, oh, this is incredible. Now I can tell them all the secrets of the city. Totally. Unfortunately, we don't understand the rest of the language. I mean, right. So just like the five sentences, that's all I need to get by. And then I walk away from a conversation. But nope, nope. Instead, I nod there and smile and just go, see, 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 (laughs) see. Until they look confused and I go, no. 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 And if they still look confused, I just walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Die. And you just storm off. Exactly. Put your hands in the air. They get the point. (laughs) Yeah, that could go either way, right? (laughs) So being, like, I I always love that. Do a little bit of Spanish, like, hablo muy poquito español, like, like, good enough. Like, soy Lauren, donde es Canadá, like, da, da, da. And so at Miss Universe, we get part, like, move to our groups, and that's yeah. who you spend a lot of time with during rehearsals. So, you know, I, and my roommate was... Carmen, for, sorry, I like I say Carmen as if it's like you know Carmen, yeah, right? Yeah, Carmen, um, come on, Carmen, Carmen. My roommate was Dominican Republic. Oh, and incredible! She's fluent in English, but we would always do these live streams as a joke because whenever I went on her live stream on her social channels, they'd be like, "Say something in Spanish," and be like, "Hola, cómo estás?" Oh, bien. Oh, and then people bien. would lose their mind. Yeah, They'd yeah. be like, oh my God, Miss Canada can speak Spanish. She's and, so funny. Yeah. And then I would walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. So fast forward. So basically, you know, hanging around like a ton of like Latinas and Portuguese. And it's just, it's so much fun. Then a few months later in February this year, I had a photo shoot down in Havana. And there- Onana. Havana, Havana. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. I forget people are gonna hear this. The so we're going about during our photo shoot, and you know, like like catcalling's more of a thing there. In Canada, if somebody catcalls me, I just like I get awkward or yeah. I try to be like, oh my god, who's calling me? Yeah, yeah. And you like pick why, up your why phone. Why are you just, doing this? Although it's acceptable yeah. if we chase you across the street. Then you I'll engage in conversation. You just don't want to be yelled at from across the street. <laughs> well, I just don't know what to do. I'm like, it's I'm confusing being a guy. Okay. We got all these rules to follow. I'm not even being a guy. Like, I don't know what to do is like, I feel like, a, you know, the, the teenager who's just discovering how to speak to the other sex. sex. I'm like, uh, 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 Lauren, you too. Como estoy? <laughs> hey lady, you look beautiful. I'm like, you too. I think someone said something to me the other day. He was walking his dogs and he's like, Oh, you're so beautiful or something like whatever. And I was like, oh my God, your dog is gorgeous. And I didn't realize how rude that was. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember the thing I said about having to compliment someone back? You did it too. Yeah, but I realized, yeah, she's just but like then the I panic and then I'm like, oh, your dog. Oh, so are you. And then I just, I'm like, I got to get out of this conversation. Like, so you're being cat called in Havana. So I get cat called in Havana and we're wearing like, it's like a bridal shoot. So I'm wearing this massive wedding gown. Actually, Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. All 
32 of the outfits I tried on and the respective husbands I ran away from. All 33 of them. <laughs> the one so, you ended up getting married in blue jeans and a white button-up shirt. It's exactly, amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so I get catcalled in Havana. I'm walking down the street. Instead of awkward, normal Lauren Howe doing her thing as what she would do in Canada. <laughs> I can see this. Gloria one. comes out. And Gloria, it's like somebody had been teaching me earlier different things, being like, papi, and like things like that. That's not how you tell people off, by the way. I hope they told you that. This, (laughs) I know. Oh, I know. We were, it was very much made aware to me. Um, (laughs) But but that's where Gloria came in, is Mm. suddenly this like, Confident. I can't decide what country Gloria is from yet, no. but I want to say Colombia just for modern family for the sake of it. But Gloria comes out and she just walks by. Literally, I did a 360 turn in heels in front of this group of guys I'm like less than a foot away from. And I go, see, sí, papi, no. And then I walk away. <laughs> I wish you could see her face right now. <laughs> she has so much attitude. Did it, right? Yeah. It's not just speaking in Spanish. No, it's like, it's, you gotta it's own somebody it. else. But the best part is, as I as I did it, and then I walked away, and I think, like, the look on my face, if anybody could have seen it at the time, I literally, I paused, and I said, I don't know who just took over me. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It's a possession. That's what it is. I mean, sure, you, like the exorcism of Lauren Howe. <laughs> you have to exorcise Gloria Howe from Lauren so we can have her back. It's a great Gloria. movie idea. Gloria Howe. Gloria. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's the story of Gloria and she comes out sometimes. Did you say woke? I said woke. I was so proud. You saw me. We're sitting across the table from each other. Uh, I was so proud when I heard that I said woke because it's totally not a word I'd usually use. And then you hear me in the podcast be happy for myself because I've been wanting to use it. It had been my word of the week and I had never found a way to use it. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking back at July and celebrating uh, clearly myself. Lauren, <laughs> know what's the funny part about that? She admits to uh, knowing French and not knowing Spanish, but when Gloria possesses Lauren, uh, (laughs) she's like, si, papi, no. No. It's like the three words she admitted to knowing in Spanish, and she just did it with a little bit of character behind it, and it made it, I I wanted to speak to her in Spanish for the rest of the time. I can see why everyone wants to give her the secrets of the city, or whatever the heck I said in the podcast. I catch myself rambling. Two things. I can tell when I'm rambling, trying to get to my next point, and I can also, like, if I'm chuckling too much, it's weird that we have, like, this inner monitor that's like, oh, no, Clay, you're, you're laughing too much for that one. You've heard in a few of these, I have laughs, and then I have, <laughs> I have these really high giggles, and I don't know where it comes from. That's the possession of Clayton Hansler. Possession of Clayton Yeah, Hansler. it's like an eight-year-old schoolgirl. Hansley? Hansley? Clayton Hansley? No, that's funny too. When that came up in the, which? That one came up in the Caroline Shred. Oh, in Caroline Shred, of course. I asked you, I'm like, do, do, do I tell the Hansley story here? And you nodded to me because it's been a while since we've heard it. Uh, so clearly my brain only thinks one way. And when I get the same triggers the second time around, uh, I think the same way. Okay. So we gave Lauren Howe the bronze medal. Bronze. Who's coming in set? Who's the first place loser, Dylan? jeez. Oh, <laughs> Who did you give the first place loser medal to? Uh, number two. Oh, you, <laughs> you have to be so nice about it. You're like, nah, number two, silver medal winner. A story that comes from the winner's circle. 
Oh, I think I know which one this it is. It is Matthew Shinetti. When he splits his pants. When he splits his pants. Oh, I don't know why I'm giving it away. I probably shouldn't give it away. This and one's really funny, though. Matt and I have been friends for quite some time, and I never this knew this story until this moment. How are we getting into it, Dale? I think uh, Shinetti would have liked to morph into a Power Ranger for this one. <laughs> so, March 2013. This is my first road trip for TSN, and it's... 150,000 people. There's the infield and it's it looks like this enormous space. Well, the winner circle is like a fraction of that. <laughs> and so we're, as rights holders, TSN would get the chance to interview the winner. And the winner that year happened to be Jimmy Johnson. So I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. What, like, I'm prepared. Like, I, you know, I'm prepared, but I have no idea where I'm going. My, my, um, my ENG, which stands for... Uh, electronic news gathering. There we go. Just for you know, our friends who have no idea what I the acronym for saying. Or if you go, I, I think funny enough, uh, going on that Arsenal TV, they use like their eng. They like they call that something like their eng feature yeah. or something is all the style of footage that Alex and I work on. But they call it their eng feature from a game, and I'm like, guys, you lost me at Arsenal fan. This <laughs> is, anyways, United fan here. Um. Back to the story. Uh, so I'm I'm in the winter circle for the day, Daytona 500. It's an exceptionally warm, humid day in South Florida. And we are uh, moving around the winter circle. I have to get to Jimmy Johnson in case we have a one-on-one because it's going to be Fox. It's going to be international. Then it's going to be us. So I'm moving around. There's velvet rope. There's pizza, people, sponsors, confetti, NOS, energy drink going in the air. And I duck down underneath. And it's so, and I, you can feel your pants on a sweaty day. TMI, stick <laughs> to your butt and stick to your thighs. And just then you, grab on. Then you just go underneath one velvet rope. You stand up and rip. <sighs> and you stand up. And it's kind of like, like you just cut yourself, right? You're just like, oh, that was weird. And I just, all of a sudden I feel like in a day that I didn't feel the breeze, I felt the breeze and I'm just like, oh, that's, that's, that's probably just my pants. No big deal. Whatever. Yeah. Walk over. And in classic, the, uh, the ENG operator, Dean, who has been a mentor of mine since I started TSM, he's looking at me, he's talking to me and I'm like, yeah. And I turn around and I point to Jimmy Johnson and he's like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? He's like, your ass is hanging out of your pants. And I'm like, what do you mean my ass is hanging out of my pants? Like just yelling it. He goes, he's like, Maddie, Maddie, turn around. And I, and, and, and like, I'm like, and he's like, I can't help you, man. I can't cover that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, and he grabs the part of my fabric, which at the top of which was split. And he goes, I'm not going to touch your ass, but it starts here. And he goes, look down. And I could see by just ducking underneath that it had went from my, from my belt loop all the way down my leg and had caught part of my boxer briefs. I was going to say, I'm like, most of us wear underwear. Yeah, but no, but, 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 it, but it caught like, it, okay, so maybe full moon isn't, but yeah, it's, it, it's completely, it, I got, I got the mental image. Yeah. So all You're of good. a sudden I'm wearing nothing but a medium sized golf shirt <laughs> in the middle of the victory lane, the Daytona 500 with an extra flag now blowing in between my legs on, on your first trip on my first major trip for TSN. And now I'm like sweating and nervous and scared as fuck. And so anyway, we're now waiting for Jimmy Johnson and 
my camera guy goes, okay, just, Dean says, stand by me. Don't do anything. Just stand by me and we'll, we'll be, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we're waiting and Jimmy's thanking his sponsors and then Jimmy's thanking Fox and Jimmy's thanking sponsors over here, mm-hmm. there, here, there, 10, 20, 50, his wife and daughter come and there. Mm. And then a Love rep comes up to no me, comes up to us and says, Mr. Johnson, you still have an interview with Mr. Johnson one-on-one. Uh, could you do it by the player's lounge? In my head, the first words that wanted to come up out were, no, no, thank you, but, <laughs> but next time. Before I could say no, she, she had left. And so Dean looks at me and he goes, well, we're moving. So then think of me waddling mm-hmm. half a click towards the player's lounge now that everyone is leaving and when Daytona, everybody parks their car or trailer in the infield. Correct. So I don't know how many people saw part of my <laughs> ass that day, but it was probably in the tens of thousands. <laughs> and so we get to the player's lounge and I'm thinking, okay, there's a wall and the door where we're going to, I'm like, okay, the embarrassment is over. I can deal with this. No problem. Jimmy Johnson comes out, comes right up, shakes my hand. My butt is to the wall. He can't see anything. Mm -hmm. And then his wife and daughter come out and they stand behind me. No. So they stand. They're standing behind me. What's that? And I don't remember what I asked Jimmy Johnson. All I remember was turning around and trying to like, you know, Trying to spare them, the trying moment. to spare them the and, horror, and then and then at the same time, you probably in your head, if you were to make eye contact with them, it's bad for you, but it's probably also worse for them. Like they can probably put up with, oh, this is a really bad thing, honey, look away. But then if the person then tries to at all acknowledge you, then it gets weird. Then yeah. it gets creepy. It's like I've seen your ass, sir. I have always wondered what Jimmy Johnson and his wife, what their side of the story is. It's like that what should be our next. That should be our next project we work on. <laughs> That's our next essay, Clayton. Our next essay. It'll be Jimmy Johnson, but then in a side interview. With his wife. We can we can find the old footage oh, yeah. of you interviewing him okay. and say, do you happen to remember what else happened that day? No, it's, it's, this, this isn't a this is your life moment, Clayton. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's the, mo- that's the most embarrassing thing that can happen to you. And that wasn't the first time I'd split my pants. What a cliffhanger he ends that on. Because he, do, he doesn't tell us the other time in, in that conversation. No. He said we, we'd save it for another uh, never, another discussion when he comes back. The ENG operator, when he's like, look at your pants. And and all I can picture is Shinetti, like spinning in circles trying to look at his own ass. It makes me think of Bad Boys 2, which is one of my favorite movies ever. When Martin Lawrence's character, Marcus, accidentally ingest ecstasy and will smith's character's like marcus look at your eyes he's like how can i look at my eyes and he's like rolling them back in his head and also i was way wrong in that when i said it's bad for you but it'd be worse for the family no fuck that it was way worse for shenetti <laughs> i was just trying to be nice i guess i was trying to play it off and be like no don't we all have bad experiences none as bad as that poor dude all right uh so we have lauren with the bronze we have matt with the silver, it's time you've been with Dill. You've picked top ten. You must want to give away the top prize. Oh well, first prize is coming up. But uh, what? I, I confess, I might have another clip for you. Are you diverting? Is this like a? Is this like an honor ribbon? Like you know the purple 
consolation prize ribbon participant you know you get for just showing up is this another interview this i uh have to confess you have to oh i have to confess there's another clip coming are they me (laughs) are we teeing it up with the sound effect this is the clayton hansler story brought to you by icq Uh, here's an embarrassing story. So I went through this phase where I wanted to be like Clayton Michael Knight Hansler. <laughs> because I thought it sounded really cool. And, and you know, I can't come up with my own cool name. I got to steal David Hasselhoff's name from Knight Rider. You like Melissa McCarthy? Yeah, I do. Uh, Big time. Like my uh, love for Melissa McCarthy actually goes back to Gilmore Girls. I She was in Gilmore. You was. watch Gilmore Girls? I'm unabashed. Your devil wears Prada, whatever. Like those people live glamorous lives, but my, I don't walk around like that on a regular basis. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. Actually, Devil Wears Prada, and I don't know how it it became one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and I know it because I start having dreams where I have been asked to suit up for the team. <laughs> I think my identifying with punk was to kind of wash the shame away from my first album. <laughs> Which my, my, my first CD, which was Spice Girl, Spice World. So something you need to know about Candace and something we bonded over. I am will embarrassingly say this, but uh, was the story of four women and their friendship in New York known commonly as Sex in the City. <laughs> I'll admit to that. Do you pick that sound effect just for this or did you legit just draw it out of the hat? That was just draw it out of the hat? It was perfect. It works. Uh, the hat never lies. Yeah, you know what? I sound a lot more pathetic when you listen to me like all bundled into one thing. I'm pretty sad. They're all true though. Like they're all honest to God true. Um, I didn't that. Yeah, thanks, Dill. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Uh, this has been great. I'm now really excited for us just to get the gold out of the way so I can go crawl into a corner oh, no, uh, and die. Who do we have for gold? This You're, you're got to get excited for this one. You're <laughs> you back to pumped up. You got to tell me who it is first. Is it more me? Go Well, you're... Uh, well, you're, I'm in it. Well, of course, I'm in it. But it's not just me. It's, it's not, not a super you. cut of fucking pathetic clay. And it's not just one guess. Not just two, well, two guests. Oh, is this a crossover? This is a crossover episode. This is Mike on Much Crossover. Mike on Much Crossover. Oh my goodness. Featuring Greg Bierman. Oh, so much good stuff came into this. We played, we played like the first and only game that we've ever played. We played like a, we one upped. What do we call it? We like one upped each other. Uh, yes and. Oh, yes and did each other. That's right. With embarrassing stories. There's more embarrassing stories. A ton of great anecdotes from from Mike and the gang. Uh, Champagne Boys story. Are you going to tee it up or you don't want to just listen to it? So just to give you an idea of what's coming up in this next clip, there's so many in this episode. The Dustin Diamond story. It's not oh that my, one. So it's not Dustin Diamond. This is the time where Mike Veerman worked the MMVAs with Vince Carter. Oh, and Puddle of Mud. And Puddle of Mud. Oh, this is a good one. Was there. This is your favorite one. This, this is number one. Gold medal winner. For the final time, I want another sound effect. Was, is it a good one? Is, oh, it, is it the one, one that I wanted? There's one that I really wanted. I think this is the one you wanted. 
when I first started uh, at much, I'd maybe been there like two months. I was literally fetching coffee, working four hours a day as a unit assistant back then. Now I'd just be an intern or whatever, but I was very lucky. And so every year when the MMVAs would start, um, they would gather a bunch of people in the building and they call them wranglers as people know in the industry. So it's like a wrangler would be like, okay, so we've got like Maroon 5 or Follow Boy or whomever coming through, guests at the MMVAs or nominees, and you would be responsible for getting them around the building because the show takes place in the parking lot and we know the building. That's how the theory goes. So everybody volunteers. The woman that like would like, she had the power. She was the gatekeeper that would assign her name was Siobhan. She was like an older sassy lady, but like I got like Siobhan. I hope she was. Yeah. And I got on her good side, like real early because I'd been in this VJ search that Shane mentioned. She kind of had like an affinity for me. So I was like, she was like, you were going to wrangle this year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is like the dream. I'm at the MMVA. It's like, I'm a, you know, we're the Hamilton dudes. This is the fucking Mecca. So I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a huge NBA fan. Would it be possible for me to wrangle Vince Carter? Oh. And she's like, I'll see what I can do, honey. So I get what the- a sweetheart. I get the assignment. I'm getting not only Vince, but I'm getting Jerome Williams. So I'm getting JYD and Vince Carter. I'm doing both of them. Uh, they come in. JYD's there first with his wife or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And then Vince is coming through and he's got like three of his boys. He's got like a manager and then like two of his friends or whatever. Vince is single at the time. And I realize immediately JYD wants to go up to where the food is and Vince wants to like meet other celebrities. So I'm meeting like, I need to split. I can't do them both because they don't really hang out like anybody you work with. Right. Mm -hmm. So I end up finding a junior wrangler, like even more junior to me. I'm like, Hey, would you want to take on a junkyard dog? But I felt bad because junkyard dog was so nice to eat right first. And I was like, I'm Mike, I'm your wrangler, blah, blah. blah. And the minute I real handing you off in a second, because I'm a huge Vince Carter. I sold him out so hard. And and the look (laughs) on his face, he immediately knew what was going on. And I felt terrible for JYD, but Hey, we all make our choices. So I end up with Vince. Uh, we end up hanging out and this is the year that kid rock and Pam Anderson are engaged. And so they're at the MMVA. She's like a Canadian darling. Kid Rock's hot at the time. Uh, and they have their own dressing room. So Vince in this episode, or this MMVA's was to go on stage and dance with a little Bow Wow. He's going to like bounce basketball, all this stuff. And uh, so we went to Bow Wow's room. He's like, I want to play video games with Bow Wow. So <laughs> I take him over to Bow Wow's yes, dressing sir. room. And then he go, and then we do that for a bit. And then Bow Wow's got to go like prep. And he's like, uh, I really want to uh, meet Pam Anderson. Can I do that? And I'm like, yeah, let me like talk to the Wranglers. I'm like, Shh. I'm like, oh, I got Vince here and he wants to come by and say hi to uh, Pam uh, in her dressing room. And they're like, Shh. yeah, come by, come by, check it out. So I go by to her dressing room. <laughs> and Roger, Roger, you got the green light. Roger, Roger, Pam's ready for Vince. Bring so the door eagle. is shut and her Wrangler, my counterpart is outside of the door. And he's like, hey, I'm like, hey, he's like, it's going to take a second. I'm like, okay, I don't know what they're doing in there. Whatever, who cares? Eventually, Vince and his buddies are like excited to like go in. So eventually the door opens and you know, I see Kid and I see Pam. I do not go in. The Wranglers stay outside of the dressing room. So Vince and his like dudes Gross. go in. Yeah. yeah. They're in there for, I don't know, five minutes and then they come out and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but like Vince, who's probably at the time, like a 25 year old dude or 26, I don't know what he was at the time, but he's like, uh, they come out and I, and they were giddy teenagers. He was imitating Pam's like chest, like with his hands <laughs> yeah. and they were all giggling and like found it so funny. And I was like, these guys are literally like my like idiot buddies, yeah. like inhale. We're all the same, you know, <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Vince and the story's gone a little bit long, but uh, also that year, do you remember Puddle of Mud? Uh-huh. They were performing. So that basketball, so Vince was supposed to go on stage. He did go on stage, dance with Bow Wow. He had a basketball that he like dribbled between his legs, like some Wilson basketball. After they perform on air, we all walk off. I somehow end up holding this basketball. Like, so I've got this kind of like 
keepsake. His manager, like another manager came around, a woman, she goes, you know, Vince is a really great guy. If you ask him, he'll sign that basketball for you. So I'm like, hey, Vince, I'm a huge fan, blah, blah, blah. He signs this basketball for me. Shit. We end up in the stairwell at Queen, uh, 299 Queen Street West, Much Music. It's five floors. We're on the fifth floor coming down from like where the VIPs are. We're coming down the stairwell. Puddle of Mud is going up the stairwell toward the dressing room. I'm holding my basketball like a little kid. I'm with Vince Carter. I'm with his dudes. One of the guys from Puddle of Mud pops the ball out of my arm, catches it. They keep walking. And the guy goes, just been punked by Puddle of Mud, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? The fuck is I'm like this like and but I also want the ball I'm bringing this back to Hamilton and like out of a fever dream Vince <laughs> sees what's going on that I'm being bullied by puddle of fucking mud and he goes hey and everything in the stairwell just stops and he looks at puddle of mud and he puts his hand up and he gives like throw the ball back and they all sheepishly kind of like their shoulders sink they toss the ball back to Vince Vince hands me the ball and then I just kind of nod at puddle of mud and then we continue on our way did you feel like the biggest loser ever at that point or like cool simultaneously the biggest loser ever and then also triumphant that Vince was my hero on the playground after getting bullied by puddle of mud and to this day I have that basketball signed by Vince Carter That's amazing, Dill. You've been punked by a puddle of mud. You've been punked by puddle of fucking mud. That makes it actually, if you look at our third first grouping of episodes, if you want to look at it that way, Mike Veerman's on been on three of them, right? Because this is the third one. Oh. He he crossed over with Mike on much, and then he came back right before the show was released and did a solo one on one, and then I was in best of best of as the gold medal winner. That was great. I forgot how much I love that story and how many different layers there were to it because I, I, I knew it was going to be Puddle of Mud in there because that was the part that stuck out. But the whole Pam Anderson bit, the whole JYD bit and how he just like sold out one of the most beloved Raptors at the time for the most, most. beloved Raptor at the time. Yeah, that was a good one. Well done, Dill. Do you want to Here, I'll let you count down. I've been like stumbling through trying to count these down. So how about you give us like Dylan's definitive top 10? 10, Dwayne Watson, 9, Jeff Garriock, 8, Caroline Schved, 7, Emily Agard, 6, Laura Armstrong, 5, Tessa Benam, 4, Akil Augustine, 3, Lauren Howe, 2, Matthew Shinetti, 1, Mike Onmuch. That's a great group. It really is. Bunch of winners. And for the other 22 that you left out, better luck next year. Remember, you can reach Dylan at Dylan at the stringer.ca. All the guests this year are great. Uh, you can shit on his head for it. Guys, it's been a blast. Happy New Year. Glad to have made it through uh, the year with you. Glad that you've stuck on. I know we've taken a couple weird breaks, and I really appreciate the fact that you're here. Dill, I really appreciate everything you do because it, it seems like this seems like fun. Like, ha, 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 we get to get on the mic and laugh for an hour. But a lot of work goes into this between uh, booking guests, making sure the podcasts are edited and ready to go up afterwards. And I know you take care of that with Luca, obviously. Uh, whenever we do prizing, you're always the one that sends out the prizes. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's like this is a full-time job, but you only get like a day a week to deal with it. So thanks. Oh, thank you, Clay. It's great to be a part of it. So for one last time, actually one last time in 2018, uh, from myself, from Dylan, who does all the technical production, from Charlotte, who helps with a lot of the booking, with Sean, who consults on everything, and I guess we're going to call him a producer. I don't know what we call him. What do we call Friend of the show. <laughs> Sean K., friend of the show. All 32 guests that have been on, 
please, please, please be good to yourself. Oh, wait a second. We might have another surprise. <laughs> is this a super cut? Well, you know, you start with a cut, you got to end with a cut. This is going to be good. Now we do one thing to end every podcast, and I think I, 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 I'm going to try doing this with you. Okay. Okay, everyone, please, please, please be good to yourself. And eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables, brother. And eat your vegetables. And eat your vegetables. Stay in the present and eat your vegetables. That's your cue. What do I say? And eat your vegetables. And eat your vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) And eat your vegetables. And eat your vegetables. And guzzle your water. Oh, this is never going to work. I had to make up my own one. (laughs) I came up with that with you, actually. I was like, is this his ending? It's my ending, completely. You're going to have to do it again for... Nope. Because I'm here. Uh, You want it again? Yeah. So it came from a text message, and I think we were both having a rough week. Yeah. And we're going back and forth, and you said, be good to yourself... And I replied, you need your vegetables. Eat your vegetables.